0: Welcome again to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerrard. Joining me this week, well, every week actually, is uh, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Solinger. Got another good one for you folks. We didn't think it would, but as, as we kind of alluded to last week, every every month is really football season. Uh, it's still going. Got some coaching news to, to dish out for you folks, both ours and other conference foes. Uh, got some some more recruiting news, some transfer activity. I got that to go over, and, uh, well, I don't know. Men's men's and women's basketball did not have a good weekend. We'll we'll touch on that as well. But before we do, just wanted to say hello to you guys. Uh, Just want to give a special shout-out. It is my daughter's birthday. That's recording a little bit later than usual, but I appreciate the flexibility from you consummate professionals, Um, and it was a great birthday. Uh, But I'd like to know how you guys are doing and how are, how your weekend was
1: good good to be here with you happy birthday to uh daughter gerard and i uh, you know excited or a lot of i don't know exciting but big news in the world of college football obviously with uh some retirements some hires and then um also uh you know like you said we're we're well into basketball had a, a big conference um conference matchups for both men's and women's and uh excited to get into it with y'all
2: yeah, had a good weekend, busy one, lots going on. I've been watching some of these NFL playoffs. The games so far haven't been super competitive. Just watched the Cowboys get blown out five minutes ago. Uh, so hopefully that improves going down the road. But uh, fills the time now that the college sports is, or the college football specifically, is over as we transition into these new seasons. But yeah, um, always something to talk about, especially since this is the first podcast in Talking Tigs history that Nick Saban is not the head coach of Alabama and it could be the first podcast ever that Nick isn't the coach of Alabama because uh, he's been there since 2007. I'm not really sure when the first podcast was recorded. It's true, it's true actually. Um, but yeah, 14 years later, which is pretty crazy. Wow.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I was just looking it up because I didn't hadn't seen it. I was you know doing birthday fest uh, festivities, but the Packers win on the road, like. It's a high scoring game. Uh what happened to every year? It's like the Cowboys, right? It's it's like Lucy with Charlie Brown in the football. And mm-hmm. they look good and the fans get, oh, okay, finally, this is the year. And then blah, blah. Yeah. uh no I don't feel sorry for them one bit though. Um, but yeah, the Daniel kinda stole the thunder. The the biggest news this week, we were I was gonna talk about maybe some, you know, dominoes falling. We got Blake Baker. Now Missouri's got people to hire, so you know it's 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 coaching change season, it's portal season, and coaching change season. I guess the the coaches portal is wide open, Uh but the biggest domino falling was, and I don't think anyone really expected it, Nick Saban retiring from Alabama. He he gave his reasons why. Although I I thought it was probably going to happen within the next five years. I figured mm-hmm. once he's because he's what I mean, what else does the guy have to prove, right? He if he wasn't like winning a title I'd say every other year, I knew once he hit a drought, he would probably start to think, all right, well, you know, I don't have much time left. You know, me and Miss Terry can do stuff. I got a grandkid we could do. But I mean, that really wasn't any of the reasons he gave, but I don't know. Like how how surprised were you how big is this? Because like I said, this is probably the biggest domino that could fall in yeah. uh college coaching change, although they've they've already filled the void. Uh, you know, DeBoer from from Washington's taking it, so the dominoes have already started falling. But uh, I don't know. I'd, I like I said, I there was somebody that posted something where Saban and Kirby were talking before the SEC championship mm-hmm. game, and Kirby kind of said something that was kind of like, you know, it's been it's been fun, or I don't know. He said something like, you know, something was in the past obviously they knew something it was probably the biggest kept secret in college football but you know now it's out so all this stuff makes sense but uh i know <laughs> like did did either of you guys think this was going to happen this
1: soon i mean i think that everybody kind of knew it's not like he's not gonna he wasn't gonna coach for another 15 years no but um i think to me this feels early um i mean it's you know he's going out of his own terms which is fine i mean but uh it's it's insane to me. Daniel Daniel texted in our group message when it happened. I thought it was I thought it was a joke or some sort of meme or something like that because I was on the road and so I didn't I didn't have like Twitter or anything open. Um, so I started calling people. I'm like, wait, did Saban actually retire? Um, but it's it's really crazy. I did think I thought he would I thought he would go and try. I thought he would win another one. Um, and you know I thought he would want to go out on a win just because, you know, he has the luxury of being able to kind of do that. Like he's, we are pretty much always in contention with him. So, um, but I, you know, I, I watched, uh, I watched, I don't know if you saw like that ESPN kind of did a special with him where they like interviewed him and stuff, um, after he retired. And, you know, he said you can just, he was like, he said something like, you can just tell, uh, you know, connecting with players, connect with coaches. It's just it, as you get older, like I've noticed there's a little bit of a drop off as far as, um i mean i don't think he would say there's a drop off as far as his coaching ability but just the way you know connecting with the with the younger people so you got to kind of honestly you kind of have to respect him for it because the worst thing that you know i feel like in this business whether you're a player or a coach the worst thing you do is is stay too long it's almost better to leave leave while you still got some in the tank than stay too long um and he's going out you know on his own terms he's going down going out as the the greatest college football coach ever to coach um he brought good times to lsu for the short time he was here he really revolutionized the sport we can get into that too you know he, he's yeah. if you like or if you uh, if you if you like college football being as big as it is if you like the um the machine that pretty much every every power five pro, or, or sec program at least um, the real elite programs have with the academics, with the uh, the facilities, the ops, the football ops center, the uh, the way that the way that, you know, the the early um, early enrollees, all that Saban basically created that when he was here at LSU, when he came from Michigan State, he told boosters, he told Scott Woodward at the time, who was in the president's office at who happened to be uh, an assistant to Mark Emmert, who, you know, the famous NCAA chairman, um, they were all at LSU on the same time. And he told them like, I I need uh, I'm going to need a full on academic center. So that way my players never have to worry about school and whether or not, you know, now, of course, we've we've seen that doesn't necessarily work out with like John Emory or something. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to need that. I need facilities that rival NFL facilities. And all this stuff was really unheard of or, or just like out, out of the completely out of the ordinary until Saban came to LSU and then course He took that and he did, he re- replicated it at Alabama and, and you know, turned it up to 10. Um, but it, it really is the end of an era for college football in general, and um, there's gonna be a, a big void,
2: yeah, for sure. I mean, Nick Saban is currently 72 years old, so he is retirement age, and you can't blame him for uh taking his leave after years and years of high intensity coaching and uh rigorous schedule around the clock activities and, and travel and all that and uh he won seven national championships he's the greatest ever one at LSU and, and six at Alabama uh, I agree with you Tommy it seems like he kind of wanted to win one more uh, with, with Alabama they were close this year making the playoff but not quite and I, I was surprised when it happened I don't know if I would like say i was like had a heart attack but i would say like a seven out of ten maybe on the scale of surprise like i, I thought he was coming back because after each of the past i mean however many seasons are like is it and done like is he finally having his downfall but then it would just be like all right he's he's back and bam is is good again um and so that was pretty much the expectation going forward but uh, maybe there was something internally that told him this uh time to, to hang up the cleats or hang up the uh the coaching pullover, whatever he wears. Um, but yeah, it, it, he, I'm hanging out that straw hat, the straw <laughs> hat. Yeah. He, he really brought LSU football into the 21st century, like you said, and then at Alabama set the precedent for what a college football program in the modern era could be. Um, I, I may have told this story before, but one of my former coworkers was a graduate assistant at LSU when Saban was the head coach and he kind of became like Saban's like personal assistant Um, and he he talked about how he was just like so intense and so particular about everything like in his locker before every practice, he wanted his like two socks rolled a certain way, sitting in the locker. With his big red gum and his red Gatorade sitting right next to it, the perfect same way. And if if it wasn't like that, then he would chew you out in front of everybody, screaming. Uh, and and that's the the kind of intensity he brought to the table. But that's how he was able to corral these kind of rowdy eighteen year old kids and turn them into professional athletes, as he did producing like forty something first round NFL picks. So uh, it's the end of an era, and we'll see what Alabama does now under Kalen DeBoer, but. Uh, it will be strange uh, this year when the the Crimson Tide take the field without Nick Saban on the sidelines. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, he they...
0: he and he has all of their Heisman winners, right? Basically, uh, they didn't have any uh, astonishingly enough until he got there. And, Mark Ingram, yeah, yeah. So I, I love all the the stories about the big. I I didn't say Regalas; I said Big Red. All right, mm-hmm. you know, I could just see that happening. And I mean, yeah, he's seventy two. That's probably. Right at the end of a really good career for a coach, but I mean, he's he's still prime for politics. I'd I say he should he could probably beat uh, beat be Tommy Tuberville one more time. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, I'd say he does. Like I said earlier, he doesn't have anything else to prove, and probably nobody is more happy than Miss Terry than Jimmy Sexton, his agent, because. Perfect. This one move, it spawned all these other coaches like, oh, could you take the Alabama job? Well, you know what? I understand you don't want to leave. Supposedly, there was some recording out about Lane Kiffin. You know, he Jimmy was talking to him. He goes, I don't want to leave, uh, you know, Oxford. I like it here. And so Jimmy's like, well, I could imagine his thought was like, well, you don't have to. We could just say you're thinking about it. And yeah. <laughs> just, you know, let's see what they say. Uh, but yeah, no one's more happy than Jimmy Sexton by this announcement. Uh, he loses saving, but he gains millions elsewhere. Uh, it's, uh but anyway, what he said that I thought was interesting, because it's not I mean it, it can be a grind, is he said this year in particular was yeah. a grind. Uh although I don't I don't know how it was any different other than maybe they played a harder schedule than usual, or at least seemingly, you know, they went to play at Southern Florida, which is interesting, but uh this year was a grind. But the thing that he said he couldn't get past was talking to uh potential players and yeah. families of them and basically they're asking
1: him now are you gonna be here
0: yeah are you Are you gonna you know are you gonna be here for the next three years which is a totally valid question and mm-hmm. he said he just kind of got to a point where he couldn't confirm you know a few years ago he's like yeah don't worry i'm not going anywhere you know i still got like three more titles to win you yeah. know he had no problem saying that but i guess now he doesn't know and he doesn't want to lie to these people, which I can commend. I mean, he is a very good advocate for his players, anywhere he's going, players in general, I think. Just uh, like he's there, you know, of course, everyone's showing all these former clips of Saban. He's talking about his players when he was at uh, Alabama or LSU. He was talking about someone who was coaching at Michigan State and he was talking about how this guy went to the pro. He wanted me to kick him off the team. But then he went pro, played 14 years. Now he's got all these businesses. So, if I had done that, where would he be now? Yeah. But look what he does have now. So what do you want? You know, in Saban's voice, I can't quite do it, but <laughs> that's that's what he did. And I, I think it will be a big void, like you said, Tommy, but not just in the in the coaching world, but just as far as like the uh the decorum of of how he is with his players, you know, just personnel and uh and all of that. So it will be interesting to see. Who will be the next goat? Maybe it's Kirby, maybe it's BK, but I mean, uh, there's no doubt that Nick Saban is the goat. And any LSU fan that says otherwise is just being silly. I mean, yeah. he he, uh, he whatever whatever slight you felt when he left to go to the NFL and came back to coach Bama, it doesn't matter because he put LSU on the map while he was here. That's all. That's all. That's all I got to say about that.
1: yeah no you're right and i mean i think that the you talk about who the next it's got to be kirby right kirby's the king of college football now uh kirby inherited that you know this this role and it feels like the lane just opened up for him i hope i hope brian kelly has something to say about it but you know go moving into the sec next year with uh with no east and west right and uh Uh, at, you know, pods or whatever they're doing. And then, you know, adding Texas, adding Oklahoma. Um, Kirby, it, it's going to be, you know, all, all eyes are going to be on Georgia the way they the way they traditionally they've been on in on Tuscaloosa.
2: Well, about five years ago, you might have said that that person would have been Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. He was kind of the heir apparent to Saban, given his yep. Alabama ties. And that was back when the the first yearly churn of is it Saban's last year. Um, what was coming up, and that was when Clemson was winning national championships when they won two in four years, alternating with Alabama. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if that ship has sailed completely. But yeah, uh, with Georgia and, and Kirby Smart, that's uh, they, they seem to be the the big dogs. No pun intended. Going forward, so definitely a team to beat, especially now that uh, nothing's happened with Jim Harbaugh and, and Wisconsin and Michigan yet. But uh, strong rumors still going back to the NFL, so yeah. that would be a big transition there.
0: And yeah, I guess see- supposedly we still have to worry about if if Harbaugh oh, leaves, yeah. if BK wants to go to Michigan. Um, I was going to say because yeah, I was going to mention that I saw something where Chargers are going to talk to Harbaugh first or something. I don't know. Uh, what, what were you going to say, Tommy?
1: I was going to say, Daniel, you mentioned Dabo. Did you see that? Did you see that report about how Dabo Sweeney had like an Alabama clause in his contract where if he. Uh, it- if he took a job, like if he took a job anywhere else, the buyout was X a million. But if he took the job at Alabama, it was
2: 1.5 of that. Wow. Well, no, I didn't, didn't know that. But I guess it makes sense that they got to protect themselves. Oh, my, my other point was that if you uh, pay attention to the Aflac commercials, it seems that the apparent uh, next one after Saban is, is Dion and they've been working him into the, the Aflac commercials. I wonder if Saban will continue to do that. Get a little I hope he does. I
1: think Sabin's going to I think Saban's going to going to just you know, slide right into media. He's been, he's been doing the, uh, he's been doing the national championship and like bowl games for a while now, as far as like, you know, being on the, on the desk with, uh, game day, with the game day people, and you know, analyzing, um, these, uh, you know, different, the big time games. I think he's, I think he's primed to do, um, to do college football media. And, and, uh, I look forward to because he, he's good on TV now.
2: Yeah, there was some discussion about whether he could replace like Lee Corso as kind of the the main guy on college he, he, game day. I don't know if put on Saban the is good. I don't he know if is good for here. three hours of positivity. <laughs> um, but he could definitely take people
1: put, apart. Put, get McAfee out and put, put Saban in. That's what uh, I had to say. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd say Saban
0: could... If, it, just because of who he is, he could probably go do his own thing, right? Like start start his own, just get it's away his from own channel. <laughs> yeah, like do do what Tucker did, and just you know, I'm just going to broadcast on YouTube. Follow if you want to.
1: Yeah, uh, he That's could. Right.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I still think he could do like a, uh, you know, what, what are we talk about, like the you know undercover bosses. Like he could be a coach where they just they bring in some guy and he just helps helps turn the program around. Or if he's like, uh, well, that starts actually his really own cool. coaching academy, like the. The Saban Coaching Academy, like the Manning Passing Academy.
1: Like, what if he went to? What if he like went to different like high schools, and it was like you got a week of Saban, right? Like, turn turn your program around. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, honestly. Like, if you're if you're a producer, you need to start pitching that like tomorrow. Yeah. What was it? What's it? What's it? Bar Rescue or something like bar that? Bar Rescue. Yeah, they like with Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Like that. Um. He could even do. He could even do other sports too. Probably. I mean, like, you know, because it's not necessarily who cares about the sport, like, especially if it's like a high school level. <laughs> he just goes in there and just yells at people and gets them, <laughs> mo- gets them motivated. Get them in the yeah. process. Exactly. Uh, but I wanted to ask you guys this
0: because um, for all of us, it felt like the the Saban news came out of nowhere. I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe Alabama knew. I mean, DeBoer yeah. was hired pretty quickly. Soon. I, like so, yeah. And I this guy didn't, from our, from what I know, he didn't really have any Deep ties to Alabama, so does it? Does it seem like maybe this was kind of anticipated on on his in and in theirs?
1: Like I feel how- like this had to have been in the works because, yeah, you're right. Like they wasted no time. It wasn't, and it wasn't like I, I don't know. I don't think it was the complete obvious choice. Like people talked about, like you mentioned with Jimmy Sexton and Kiffin. Like people talk about Kiffin going to replace Saban for years now, pretty much ever since he left uh, Alabama to go to to FAU. And be a head coach again. Um, people said, "Oh, like you know, he's gonna he, he'll replace coach. He'll replace a People talk about Dabo replacing Saban because that's where he's that's where he went to school. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever talked about Deboor coming over from from Washington. And I think it must have been almost similar to I, I can guarantee that the that Alabama's AD and and people within the program knew ahead of time, probably probably for a long time throughout that throughout this season that it, this was his last one. And similar to the way that that Woodward worked with Kelly and, you know, I've, I've been told that he was he was had pretty much had the deal done in October of the year that, but you know, October before we before we were announced, like, I guess, what, end wow. of November. Wow. Um, I bet it was a very similar thing.
2: Yeah, Um, because it, it- it's not completely out of left field, obviously with Washington making the national championship game and DeBoer proving that he can turn a program around and he's won at multiple different levels of college football. Um, I guess when, when Alabama comes calling with the head coaching position, you pretty much have to say yes. Um, Even if it is a high pressure situation where uh, people are going to be calling for your head at the first time your offense goes three and out, basically. Uh, Yes, they will. Yeah. Um, And I, I don't know how many other alternatives there were out there. I, I don't think Kirby would have left what he's got going on at Georgia. No. And then your other options like Kiffin, maybe um, there were some rumors that they looked at Dan Landing from Oregon, which makes sense. But he's supposedly turned them down, uh, maybe not turned him down, but at least said he was staying, which I, I don't know. Um, but I, I do
1: wonder if if there is a. Um, do you want to be the guy to go after Saban, or do you want to be the guy to go after
2: the guy who went after yeah, Saban? Yeah, <laughs> that's what, like, well, the Kiffin's playing the long game because he wants DeBoer to go in there and coach for two terrible. seasons and, yeah. and get crucified. And then he slides in and the party's back and, and he's having a good time. And, the ever, awful, and then you and can always say, like, hey, like, well, at least I'm better than the guy before me. Mm-hmm. But you, you, yeah, you still can't really turn it down. Um, I wonder if DeBoer still goes to Alabama if he wins the national championship game at Washington. Like, does he try and keep up his legacy there? I, I would think he would still probably jump ship. I think he would go to Alabama when, and I mean, I think it was. I think it was um
1: important to notice that Saban and Miss Terry were like front and center. You see that picture of them like at the at the the press conference when they announced him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like. I bet Saban was involved was heavily involved in choosing this, you know, choosing his successor. And I think if Nick Saban says, Hey, I want you to take over from
2: me," you don't tell him no, that would have been a pretty wild story though. Like he wins a national championship, brings glory to Washington. Oh, by the way, two days later, see you later. (laughs) Uh, I'm out.
0: Right. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just all kind of came together really quickly. So we don't know. Um, And as far as, Kiffin, maybe they did. Maybe that recording is true and accurate, but it sounds like he's like, we like Oxford. So it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I can get it too as a coach. Like you can bounce around and Kiffin certainly has. I think maybe he's finally realized, you know what? You can always chase the best thing, but you're always going to be chasing it. Right. Cause he went to USC, had what he thought was the best thing. And it did not work out for him. He, well, he, he actually went to the pros after that, but, um, then he went to Tennessee, didn't... That's right, he went to Tennessee, then to USC because his dream job opened up, but it didn't work out for him. And then stuff happened. He ended up being an assistant and had to work his way back up. It's like, you know, how many times you want to keep moving around? Because I don't know how old these kids are, but I know that's probably a factor, right, yeah. for some of these guys. Yeah. Saban, Saban doesn't have to worry about that, but some guys do. Sure. Uh, but yeah, maybe he's just truly happy Noxer. He's got a nice recruiting class or a transfer class coming in. So
1: he's got a dog named juice. That's cool. Yeah, but he didn't have a running back name.
0: Uh, It's not Juice, but it's uh, Judkins. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, but speaking of transfers, um, we, we actually have some news there. Uh, Now I did want to touch on some, uh, coaching changes that LSU had because, you know, the big news last week is we got our guy, Blake Baker. He's going to coach our defense. And after that, it was putting the pieces in place. And, of course, Redactor right recorded some more news. came. That's when Saban announced. And then LSU announced that they are actually going to pull Bo Davis from Texas. He's going to come here and coach the defensive line. Uh, he's coming back home. He was a tiger. And in addition to that, which I thought was interesting is – Not only did we get Blake Baker, but we get Missouri's defensive line coach also. So we're going to have – but he's just going to be an assistant. So that was interesting. Kevin Peoples, Missouri's defensive line coach, is joining our staff. But I guess maybe one can coach the interior, one coaches the outside guys. That makes sense to me. But I just thought it was interesting we have 2D line coaches, and I'm guessing Pete Jenkins can go back to whatever he was doing beforehand. Um, It was great that he stepped in uh and his uh, defensive line coach i don't even know his name cuz he kind of just unceremoniously just kind of disappeared ADJ. this year yeah so but anyway we we have we have all that going for us which is nice
2: the more people's the better i always say but
0: yeah i mean we got bo davis that's ask people who who would you want as a d line coach bo davis texas okay here he is yeah, we're, we're still putting in work behind the scenes, man. I don't know yeah, who, still, who else we we could
1: possibly use. Probably quarterback coach, but I mean next next him. is probably Corey Rayna, guess I guess that's the one you're watching out for. I don't know if we want him or not, but right There's somebody like him, we need somebody there. We need somebody who can recruit less, you know, better than warm bodies because it feels like that's who we've got. No,
0: yeah. um, but. Now that that's in place, yeah, we still got to look for our cornerback coach. Uh, but is that? I think that's it, right? Obviously,
2: I mean Maybe that's kind line. of
0: taken the news. But
1: offensive coordinator, right? We still still need, yeah, still need to figure out what we're uh, what we're going to do there. Maybe we'll just ride with uh, Joe Sloane, Cortez hankton Two-headed yeah, monster. but but, uh, but we haven't
0: announced anything, wouldn't they? I mean, they definitely said they were going to look like Kelly and others were going to look at that. Definitely, not doesn't have to be who we're going to hire, it's like who could we promote. But I don't know, I figure if that was the case, we probably would have
1: heard something by now.
2: I mean, it does,
1: it does seem see like that, Kelly that... goes really like moves slowly to make his decision. <laughs>
0: Right, like a less Miles play call, less Miles offense.
2: Their agents are probably battling it out, trying to figure out how much money they want, how much they can squeeze out of LSU. This, uh, The staff is getting kind of expensive overall because Blake Baker, the highest paid assistant coach, Brian Kelly making a lot of money, and then we're going out and getting the big position coaches too. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, if they can get the money from the boosters and, and build up the program, but you don't really want to, back up the truck too much in one department and then you're skimping elsewhere um especially with the NIL stuff now that you got to pay the players in addition to the coaches um and that's what they what the players want so uh, it would suck to lose out to on a player because we we're paying some random guy assistant too much but um it's a, a balancing act that they have to follow. And Scott Woodward is trying to manage that. You you almost need like a GM like in the the NFL. You need the general manager of like the college staff and the players these days just to handle all that. I mean, they got big resources, but um, a lot of, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, definitely. Remember there was, remember Orgeron did have a GM on staff,
1: Austin, something forget what his name was, but uh, he, it was a big deal. He got hired and brought in and he, he, his official position was general manager. This was Before NIL, though, so he was like, I don't know what it necessarily he was managing. On.
0: Yeah, didn't that guy go to Texas, Austin? I know who you're talking about. I think he did go to Texas, yeah. Um, so something remains to be seen there, but that didn't stop uh, an offensive player from transferring in. Um, as we talked to, or I don't know if it was mentioned earlier, uh, LSU did well. I mean, we had a couple. Couple guys on campus this weekend. One of them, uh, McKinley, had already committed to us. He's the one that flipped from Texas a and He was on campus this weekend, I guess, for his official visit. You know, I mean, he's already committed, but yeah, sure, come for your official visit. Uh, but also the Liberty wide receiver, CJ Daniels, transferred in. Uh, guy did pretty well this year. Um, we are, you know, losing some wide receivers, most notably Malik Neighbors, our our best receiver of this year. So definitely need that there, but, you know, we have a good class coming in too. Um, So I feel good about that. Yeah. You guys feel free to speak about that, but I was going to ask you about uh, Florida state too. If y'all saw that.
2: Uh, I was going to mention on CJ Daniels, the wide receiver from Liberty real quick. Um, He's had 106 catches or excuse me. That's in his career, 106 catches for 1900 yards. Um, About half of that over a thousand yards last year for Liberty, who had a almost undefeated record until they lost to Oregon. Um, obviously, they didn't play the best. Co- uh, opposition, but uh, still plenty of production there and bolsters out a wide receiving crew that yeah lost some late neighbors and Brian Thomas. So we picked up him in addition to Xavier Thomas already from Mississippi State. So we've got two wide receiver ones coming in. Uh, in addition to Kyron Lacey and Chris Hulton and the rest of LSU's crew stepping up. So it uh, looks to be in pretty good shape there. Um, so we'll see if there's any more transfers. Uh, we've already got like seven or eight at this point, but uh, kind of winding down. Uh, I, I do like the the get though, but yeah, back to what you were saying, Scott. No, just because it kind of all
0: ties together. Uh, another notable thing is I think Mike Norvell's name was kind of floated. Why oh, would he go to Alabama? But he. He wanted to stay at FSU, so they've got him. Honestly, I think that's like a Charlie Weiss hire. They're going to pay him a lot of money, and I don't know that they're going to go back to the. I mean, they're going to go to the playoff. They could next year because it's expanding, but uh, I don't. I don't see them undefeated next year either. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they got slapped with sanctions, so they're losing. Yeah. Uh, they're losing official visits. They're losing. Uh, Scholarships, although not many. I think it was only like five percent or something. Uh but all of that.
1: So he's uh, gotten getting hit big, like personally, right? I think he had like wait, a show cause the OC got hit Oh, yeah. Like exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Uh so there was that too. Uh two year show cause. Um, so I don't know. That's I don't I still think they were a good team this year. Definitely didn't need to be in the playoff. Uh, even without the players defecting. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I mean, without Jordan Travis, you could see that was a different team, and he's he's gone. So I, I, I don't know. Unless, unless they got a lot of other guys coming in that's, you know, he can coach them all up, but uh, I hope they enjoyed it. Um, anything else? Because I feel like we kind of hopped around the the pond on football, but I think we covered it all right? College football anyway. Yeah, I think
2: so.
0: Okay, and obviously the NFL playoffs are still going. A lot of Tigers still on teams that are still competing and could play for the Super Bowl. Uh, We'll definitely keep you apprised of that, although I was kind of surprised, like, Texans dominated the Browns. Um, Back-to-back pick systems. (laughs) Uh, It's never going to help. Poor Joe Flacco, but I mean, it's amazing kind of what he did to come in and carry that team when they needed a quarterback. Uh, but CJ Stroud too, man. Like I know he was drafted high. What was he like third or something,
1: but still like he delivered. I was totally wrong on him. I I was never, I mean, I thought he was good. At, I thought he was good at uh, Ohio state, but didn't think he was going to be that, you know, the the top pick in that draft or the top prospect that comes out of that draft. But yeah, man, he's good.
2: Yeah. Cause it was all about Bryce young. He went to the Panthers and he, had plenty of struggles there, the team is bad in general. But um, his size and um, just general ability was, yeah, a lot less than Stroud this year, which which surprised me too. But yeah, good for him, and hopefully we'll see more out of Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson and the rest of the quarterbacks next year. Um, but yeah, Texans rolling on.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, show of hands. This goes for you at home. Did anybody download the Peacock just to watch? the chiefs and the dolphins game that was meh. Like, did anybody (laughs) do that? I didn't. I just Uh, followed the game online.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't have, I did not download Peacock. I have YouTube (laughs) TV, so I was able to use that, but I would not download Peacock just on a principle. These, These streaming services are out of control, especially when it's like that's free TV. Like that's something that we're all supposed to just have with like, you know, your like local stations.
2: Mhm. I had Peacock already, oh, actually my girlfriend had it, so I was using that, but so I watched it on there, but the thing about it is that you have to buy the service to watch it and they still have all the ads. So there was some discussion that was saying like if it's going to be on Peacock or another streaming service that you pay for, there should be no commercial breaks. It should just be the whole game straight through because they basically double dipping. Like you have to pay for the game and you're getting shown the ads for a product that like Tommy said is free over the local airwaves. Not, I'm sure not that many people take advantage of it, but yeah, you can set up the bunny ears and get uh, it should, NBC, NBC and Fox for free. Um, and the reason that they can offer it for free is because they show the commercial ads. Sure yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's kind of crazy and it spells, Problems for the future when for the eight wildcard games, there's going to be eight different street. You got to subscribe to Peacock and Paramount Plus and the yep. um, whatever the Fox one is, uh, and then the ESPN obviously for the Monday Night Football. It's just going to be crazy. Um, so we'll. I mean, the NFL likes money, so that's that was, the direction they'll go. I when I was seeing not. those
1: ads of like download Peacock to see the, I was I got so frustrated. And it was a recent decision, right?
0: Like it was, it, yeah.
2: Well, I think they chose that one specifically because it was like the intriguing game with Miami going to Kansas City for the coldest game in NFL history. And you got Patrick Mahomes into it. it's like, we'll we'll put Taylor the best Swift, game. And, Taylor, and it didn't turn out to be the best on field game, but like just the, everything around it. They're like, we got to milk it for all it's worth. So we'll put that one on the peacock and force people to buy it because they want to see all this stuff going on. Yeah,
0: but, I mean, everyone's going to cancel. I mean, I guess they're hoping people won't cancel. Some probably won't. But most people just signed up to, to watch this game, and now they're just going to cancel their subscription. So I don't know that, that – uh, I mean, is it is it really accomplishing what they wanted to accomplish? Who knows? That's, they, that's do what the same, about.
1: they do the same thing every year because NBC, I think, has, like, two golf tournaments. I think they, they have, like, the major golf tournaments. They have uh, the U.S. Open and, and uh, the PGA Championship, I think. And, like – it's like a huge, like yeah, ever like people sign up, they pay for the one month or whatever, then they cancel it, um, and it's a huge frustration. And then, like you said, they don't, and then there's still the ads. So you're paying to watch this, to watch this thing, and then they're still running ads. Very yeah, frustrating,
0: ridiculous, absolutely. Um, and one last thing on uh, football, uh, real quick. Because, again, you know, it's it's coaching change season. Now, Hugh, is, Hugh Freeze is still at Auburn, although he's had two coaches retired this week, uh, Cadillac Williams and uh, another assistant that retired. Like, I want to say, was it the same day? Or is it just like one right after another? Uh, I forget. Maybe it's not important. But still, it's like I saw someone like, what is going on at Auburn? Now there's some, you know, rumblings about why Williams was leaving. I think he had some personal issues, but I don't know. Um, what's what's going on at Auburn? <laughs> is yeah. it? You think personal for both of them, or is there something else going on?
1: It's, I don't know. Things are things are uh, things aren't good on the Plains. It seems <laughs> they're, they're much. It feels like right now they're much more of a basketball school. Uh, they we, they showed that with uh, with their performance against yeah. us this past weekend. Um, uh, you know, that, I, I don't know. Dana, what do you think?
2: Yeah, Auburn falling further and further behind in football, which is not what their fans want them to be. Um, I, I don't know if Auburn fans are more delusional than LSU, but they all think that they should be like a national power because they've gotten a little taste of it with Cam Newton and uh the other time they made the national championship in 2014 or wh- whenever it was nick marshall yeah that was, great. They, that was a great year it was a good team but but they've they've fallen way behind that in recent years and it's looking like they dug themselves in a deep hole that's not about to to fill itself up very quickly so um hard to suggest a solution but uh i guess it's good for lsu that their competition is not quite on pace
0: right uh but yeah like you said uh alluded to uh at least their basketball is, because uh, they took care of both the men's and the women's teams uh, this weekend uh, in Auburn. So uh, they they got us there. I mean, uh, I'd say the women's game was a little bit closer. They only lost like 67 to 62. Men's, uh, it was a double-digit loss. But, I mean, Auburn is ranked. Uh, their basketball team was good or has been good for uh, a few years, at least, when they had, uh, you know, a couple superstar players. But uh, I mean, they lost ninety three to seventy eight. I don't know. I didn't really get to see that. Um, Tommy, I think you said you saw it, but you know, maybe we were just kind of outmatched and all that momentum we thought we were building the last few games were because LSU was two and zero in the conference. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it's still early in the conference schedule, but. We beat Texas A&M on the road. They beat Kentucky just recently, like uh, yesterday. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe A&M's not. Maybe a ms pretty good, but you know, still we lost to Auburn. So I don't know. It's I don't know if it really says anything other than we just we lost to a good team. But yeah,
1: on the road. Yeah. <laughs> um i don't know we just I, I watched i watched some of the game and we looked bad i turned it off i was like i was like i don't want to ruin my friday night right. <laughs> um but uh you know this just this this just feels like a johnny jones team again that you know and and i i was not i don't know if i was the biggest will wade fan when he was here but the guy had the guy had edge you know he brought it he brought a certain a certain charisma to the team it was it made it fun to watch even when we weren't you know necessarily the best it was just he just made it fun and i just don't really feel like matt McMahon's the teams he's put out are are really interesting and that makes me upset i mean it makes me sad because like you can i would i would be fine we don't need to be we don't need to be winners every year but just give me something interesting to watch
2: yeah i wasn't able to catch the game against auburn but uh looking at the the box score we in terms of statistics, we were there fairly close with them, like shooting percentage and rebounding and and that. So we, we played all right, but the thing that stuck out to me was fouls. LSU had a lot of fouls, and Auburn shot like 30 free throws or something. Uh, and LSU missed the the free throws that they shot. And the other thing was turnovers. LSU turned the ball over, I think, like 20 times, which is pretty crazy. And on the season, we actually have a negative assist to turnover ratio. We turn the ball over more than we're, we're dishing the rock, which is never good. Jeez. You want to have, have that be the other way other way around and have like three assists per turnover. Um, so just a little sloppy and, and too aggressive um, basketball, which uh, is more reminiscent of Will Wade than what you would think Matt McMahon has. But um, yeah, they, they still have two wins in SEC play. So they're on pace with all of last season. So that's not too bad. Uh, they got two home games this week and I think if they go one and one there, then we'll, we'll be all right. Uh, need slow progress, but yeah, we're, we're not taking the world by storm anytime soon, unfortunately.
0: No, uh, but I, I hear what you're saying, Tommy, it'd be nice if they had some sort of identity, right? Like was the yeah. Wade's last team. It was like, Oh, this, they're gritty. You know, they play gritty yeah. defense, they're a gritty team. Yeah. And they were helping. I mean, we didn't light up the scoreboard, but we, we knew that we were not going to let other teams do that. Right. Mm-hmm. so yeah some some identity there would be nice and yeah i just i still don't know what
1: the matt mcmahon era is all about but we are waiting to see he did he did use his connections i don't know if you saw this to Ja morant like his former player to get like oh, the yeah. whole lsu team like custom shoes or something so i guess that's yeah, kind of Jaw's cool. shoes yeah i don't yeah. think john ja morant's playing right now i think he's injured but
2: um... he was suspended for a while like a, for that gun then, charge or something? Yeah, and then he finally came back and then got hurt like a week later, so I think he's yeah. out. But yeah, mm. poor jaw.
0: Yeah. Oh well. Um. But. yeah, Well, we'll we'll uh, see what happens this week. We'll give it to you folks next week, as far as uh, the basketball teams are concerned. Um. What else, fellas? Because I, I feel like we covered it all.
2: I think that's about it. That might be it. Yeah, we got. Uh, two LSU men's basketball games this week. So tune into that if you um, are are interested, I guess, on on Wednesday and Saturday against Ole Miss and then A&M again, who we already beat. So good luck to the Tigers there. But overall, yeah, I think that's it. Um, NFL playoffs, and then we'll see if any more coaching craziness happens. Uh, Washington hired their guy today to follow Kalen DeBoer. They hired Jed Fish from Arizona. So uh, it spins around and and never ends. But uh, hopefully Ryan Kelly stays in Baton Rouge for at least one more podcast
0: <laughs> yeah well i mean if you if if someone said you have to put uh some money down on it right now does he stay or go what would you say
2: mm-hmm. i think stays i think it's just like he's got something okay going on he's got a lot of money and there's outside uh externalities that would have to happen for him to leave but uh you never know I feel like I feel like he
1: stays, but I wouldn't be surprised if he if if Kit, I mean, if uh, if Harbaugh does take that job in the NFL, and then you get the word, "Hey, he's gone," I'm 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 not gonna be floored. I'm not gonna be like you know, that surprised.
0: Right. Um. I guess I kind of still would be because he knows he would know that that's an opportunity. Like he would know that would if that was happening or a possibility. But meanwhile, he's still bringing all these
1: players. Well, right? these okay, coaches, that is you're right. That's a good here. point. Um, he's doing Yeah. I mean, this recruiting class that, that they are putting together. Um, I mean, it looks like he's building for the future. So, yeah, I mean, just bringing all these coaches back to,
0: uh, yeah, I think he would have, like you said, he would have kind of milked his coaching search a little bit longer if he knew he was going to be changing teams. Right. Yeah. So, We shall see, though. Uh, But it will be interesting to see if Harbaugh leaves Michigan. Um, Of course, that would be another domino to fall, but there's still enough uh, confusion or chaos already, so we'll we'll see how that goes. But however it shakes out, we will definitely have it for you folks when it happens. But as far as next week, we'll definitely have some more news for you. Plenty to report on always, it seems. Um, So until then, stay safe. Stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time on Top of Taste.